You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Luke 15 in your Bibles, if you have your place, would you stand with me uh, for the scripture reading? We're going to read together verses 11 uh, down through verse number 24. And I'm going to read, and uh, I'd like for you to read aloud and, and read it like you believe it. Read it like it's the Bible, like it's the Word of God. It's not the newspaper uh, that you're not sure if it's true or not, but it's the Bible. And you, we know it's true. It's God's Word, and it never changes. Luke 15, beginning in verse number 11, and we'll end on uh, the end of verse number 24. Ready? Verse 11, begin. And he said, a certain man had two sons. And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country. And there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, there arose a mighty famine in that land. And he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country. And he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger." I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee and am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. And they began to be merry. And let's pray. Father, I pray you speak to our hearts from your word. Lord, as we look at a familiar passage of scripture, I pray that we would not tune it out, but I pray that we would be even more attentive. I pray we would be even more receptive of the truths that you have for us. And I pray, Holy Spirit of God, that you would open our eyes and open our minds and open our hearts that we might receive what you have for us from your precious holy word today. I thank you for these dear folks who have come out on this Sunday. Lord, they didn't come to hear from me. They didn't come to hear from a man. They didn't come just because they had nothing else to do. But I believe they came because they need something from you. And they need something from your word. And I pray that you would please now answer uh, that prayer, meet that need, fulfill that request in all of our hearts and lives today. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You may be seated. In Luke 15, I have in my Bible 
I have up at the top, it gives a description or kind of an overview of the passage of Scripture. And my Bible says that this is the parable of the who? The prodigal son. And if I would have asked you, I say, what is this parable about? What is this passage about? I think almost in unison, like you just did, I think we would have said, this is all about the prodigal son. And I would agree this is about the prodigal son. But this morning, for a few moments, I don't want to focus as much on the prodigal son as I want to focus on the loving father that is in this story. And the application today is going to be, I think you understand, is that we have a loving father. We have a heavenly father. We've got a God that even though many times we've strayed from him, he has always loved us back to himself. He's always been there. He's always been there with arms wide open. As we were reading the scripture, I get to verse 20, I almost get choked up. I almost, almost can't finish the, the story because it says that the father, when he saw his son, he was still a great way off. And the father ran to meet him. He had compassion on him and he kissed him. And I'm so glad that our God loves us that much and more. Not because of who we are, but because of who he is. We have a loving father. This is an amazing story. The hero of this story is certainly not the son, but the hero is the father who is a picture of our heavenly father today. I want you to see quickly a few thoughts from this story. Number one, I want you to see the fortune of this father. This father was a wealthy man. This father had great riches. He had so much that the Bible says he had money laid up for his children. I mentioned this in the early service. I mentioned it in Sunday school also. But uh, you may not be that kind of a father. I'm not that kind of a father. I think I'm going to tell my kids someday, I'll say, hey, you're on your own, right? We put food on your table and a roof over your head, and you're welcome. But That's about all you're going to get. And if that's the way you are, and if that's the, what you have to pass down to your children, there's nothing wrong with that. But you know what's more important than passing down riches to your children? Passing down a goodly, godly heritage. Passing down a faith that's real. Passing down something that they can take that's not just temporal. Something that's not just earthly, but something that is forever. Something that matters and is a treasure that will never pass away. But this father had a fortune. He had money. He had money saved up for his sons. And I find it interesting that the son... In this story, the prodigal son did nothing to earn that money. He didn't work for it. The Bible doesn't say that the son was the one that went out and he worked all the money and he saved it up for his dad. It says the dad's the one that saved it up and he had it available for his son and he gave it to his son. The son did not do anything to gather this fortune at all belonged to the father. Think about all that the father had done for the son up to this point in his life. He had fed this child. And by the way, if you have sons or if you have a son, boys eat a lot of food. Well, my wife and I, we've got our four girls, and we thought that our girls, when they were little, we thought they ate pretty well. I'm telling you, they don't hold a candle to Micah. Micah's three and a half, and he already eats like a man. Y'all pray for us. We're going to have to get, get stock in Food Lion or something like that here soon. Or maybe, maybe start a farm or whatever. I don't know. 
But this son, he'd been fed up to this point in his life. He'd had clothes on his back. He'd had a, a roof over his head. He had been taken care of. And here's why. Not because he was special, but because of the relationship that he had with his father. You know why God takes care of us? It's not because of what we've done, but it's because of who he is. And fathers take care of their children. Fathers love their children. Fathers provide for their children. Fathers don't, don't provide the food. I, I don't go to Lacey and Savannah every meal and say, now girls, you better enjoy that. I worked hard for that. I paid for that. I didn't want to, but I had to because I'm your father. Fathers don't do that. Fathers take care of their children. That's what they do. And friend, in case you're wondering where we're going here, we've got a heavenly father who takes better care of us than any earthly father could ever imagine. As a matter of fact, it says in Matthew chapter 7, if you want to turn there, you can, but hold your place in Luke 15, because we're coming back. Matthew 7, it says, Ask, and it shall be given you. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. And then we get to Matthew 7, verse 11, and it says, And if ye, being evil, if you know how to give good gifts unto your children, how much more? Your Father, which is in heaven, knoweth how to give good things to them that ask him. We've got a heavenly Father who owns the cattle on a thousand hills. We've got a heavenly Father who is rich. We've got a heavenly Father who's not affected by a recession. We've got a heavenly Father who's not checking the stock market. We've got a heavenly Father who's not going bankrupt. We've got a heavenly Father who doesn't have to wonder if his balance is positive or negative. We have a heavenly Father who owns it all. We have a heavenly father who has all of the riches that is available and we have been given access. You say, where do you get that? Well, Romans 8 says this, we are children of God. And if children, then we are heirs of God and we are joint heirs with Christ. That means that everything that God has, he gives to you. He makes available to you. How come? Because he's good, because he's gracious, because he's giving, because he is the father and we are his children. Romans 8, the Bible says we're heirs of God. Romans 9, the Bible says that he might make known the riches of his glory on the vessels of mercy which he had afore prepared unto glory. God takes us as vessels of mercy and he bestows upon us the riches of his glory. The Bible says in Ephesians 1, according to the riches of his grace. Ephesians 3, the unsearchable riches of Christ. And Philippians 4, you could probably quote this verse with me. But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. We have a God who owns it all. Aren't you glad for that? Friend, you've got a need. I've got a need. We've got a heavenly father who is able to meet every need. He has it all. But number two, I see not only the fortune of the father, but I see the faithfulness of this father in Luke 15. This father was faithful to his son even when his son was rebellious. This father was faithful when the son was selfish. This father was faithful when the son was demanding and rude. I don't know about you, but when somebody is rude, there's something that just kind of boils up inside of me. And when somebody is rude, my first reaction is, I'm not going to give you what you want. 
if you're not going to have the decency to at least be kind about it, then why in the world would you think I'm going to do something for you? But this father was faithful even when the son was demanding and rude. The son said, give me. Boy, isn't that our society today? Everybody wants a handout. Everybody wants uh, to, to have the benefit, but they don't want to work. Everybody wants the check, but they don't want to put in the time. Uh, everybody wants uh, something free. Everybody wants a handout. And friend, in the Christian life, sometimes we're guilty of that. We don't want to pay the price. We don't want to serve God. We don't want to walk with God. But yet we expect God to bless us and God to do all these things. This father was faithful even when the son was foolish. This father was faithful even when the son was wicked. The Bible says that he wasted his substance with riotous living. That means he was out, he was partying, uh, he was out uh, doing wicked things, he was living immorally, and yet the father was still faithful even when the son was not faithful. The father was faithful when the son was down and out. This son came to the point where he was in the pig pen. He was eating with the swine. He was, he was literally, he was trying to get the stuff that they didn't eat, the husks, the leftovers from the pigs. And this son was down and out. This son had nothing to offer the father. He was a mess. Can you imagine what he looked like? Can you imagine what he smelled like? Can you imagine uh, the, the, the despair and the, 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 the devastation that that son had experienced? And the father was faithful to the son, even when the son was down and out. Aren't you glad that God's faithful to us when we're down and out? Aren't you glad God's good to us and we got nothing good to offer him, but yet he still is gracious and good and faithful to us? The father was faithful even when the son came home. The son thought that the father would be faithful. The Bible says that the son in his mind, he thought, if I go back to dad and I say, dad, I'm not worthy to be your son, but just let me be one of your servants, the son believed that the dad would offer him a job. The son believed that the dad would at least say, sure, son, you can have a job and you can have a place to stay. He believed that the dad would do that. But the son had no idea the extent of the father's faithfulness. The son had no idea the lengths of love that that father would go to. And friend, I want to remind us this morning that God is faithful even when we're foolish. Our Father is faithful to us. Our Heavenly Father is faithful to us even when we are rude and demanding. Our, our Heavenly Father is faithful to us even when we're rebellious, when we're wicked, when we're down and out. Our Father is still faithful to us. The Bible says in Lamentations 3, it is of the Lord's mercies that we're not consumed because His compassions fail not. They are new every morning. Great is thy faithfulness. We sang that song this morning. Great is thy faithfulness. Oh God, my Father. Aren't you glad we have a faithful father? We have a faithful God. You may be here today and you say, Pastor, I don't have a godly father or, or I don't have a, a father that's in the home. I don't have a father that's in the picture. I don't have a father that's done some things for me. Well, I want to tell you today, if you know Jesus Christ as your Savior, then you have a heavenly father. You have a God in heaven who loves you and cares for you more than you could ever imagine. It is God's faithfulness. First Thessalonians, faithful is he that calleth you who also will do it. 2 Thessalonians 3, the Lord is faithful. 2 Timothy 2, 13, if we believe not, yet he abideth faithful. You see, God's faithfulness is not dependent upon your faithfulness or my faithfulness. God is faithful no matter what you do, no matter where you go. 
Hebrews 2.17, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest. Hebrews 10.23, let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering, for he is faithful that promised. I'm glad that although sometimes we do waver, sometimes we do doubt, sometimes we do struggle, I'm glad that our God is faithful regardless. Revelation 19.11, the Bible says that when Jesus comes back, he will have the names written upon himself, the names of faithful and true. You know why he's got those names on him? Because that's who he is. That's what he is. He is faithful and true no matter what. I see number one, the fortune. Number two, the faithfulness. Number three, I see the forgiveness of the father. The Bible tells us that the father was willing to forgive, but the son was willing to confess. He said in verse number 18, I will arise and go to my father and will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. And that's exactly what he did in verse 21. The son came and he said, Father, I have sinned. And if you're here today and you have sinned against somebody, you ought to go to that person and say, I have sinned and will you forgive me? If you sinned against God, you ought to go to God and say, God, I'm sorry, I have sinned. Will you forgive me? But how about this? What if you have had someone sin against you? you? Say, well, pastor, I tell you what I'll do. I'll forgive them. But they're going to have to come crawling. I'll forgive them, but they're going to have to really beg. I'll forgive them, but they're going to have to really change before I forgive them. Whoa, 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 hang on. That's not forgiveness. And you know the truth is, you and I ought to be ready to forgive and willing to forgive even if somebody does not come and ask for forgiveness. Because, well, I'll just I'll use an example here. Brother Bobby is back here. I love Brother Bobby. I thank the Lord for him. He's not done anything to hurt me, and I hope I've not done anything to hurt him. I love Brother Bobby. But if Brother Bobby had said something and he had hurt my feelings, and he hasn't, and so I'm, I'm upset at Brother Bobby. And I say, oh, I wonder when Brother Bobby's going to come and ask me to forgive him. Well, the truth is, he may not even know. And even if he does know, he may decide he's not going to ask for forgiveness. And so you know what I spend my life doing? I spend my life being upset. I spend my life being mad. I spend my life saying, okay, he's going to come in that door, I'm going to come in this door. I spend my life saying, oh, if he's going to that restaurant, I'm going to a different one. And guess who's miserable? Not him. Me, the person who's not willing to forgive. And maybe today, maybe there's somebody in this room, you just need to be willing to forgive. You say, but pastor, they don't deserve forgiveness. Well, last time I checked, we didn't deserve the forgiveness of God. Matter of fact, Ephesians 4.32 says, Be ye kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. You forgive, not because the person deserves it, but you forgive because God forgave you. I see the forgiveness of the Father. I want to make this clear. The Father did not support the lifestyle of the Son in the far country. You say, well, I thought he gave him the money. Yes, he did give him the money. And that son made the choice to go out and to waste that. But dad was not an ATM supporting that lifestyle while that son was living in sin. That dad was not patting the son on the back saying, oh, it's okay, son. You just do whatever you want to do. You just live however you want. You know what the dad did? The dad waited for the son to come home and to get things right. 
But when that son made that move, that dad was quick to respond. You see, he saw him coming down the road. I think the dad had been watching. I think the dad had been hoping. I think the dad had been praying every day. And when he saw that son returning home, the Bible says that he ran to meet him. There's a father that is ready to forgive. The Bible says in the book of Psalms, of Psalm 86, thou Lord art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. And that son started coming home and the dad saw him and he ran to meet him and he wept and he had compassion and he kissed him and he forgave his son. You say, but he wasted all that money. Yeah, he did. But that did not take away the fact that that father and that son had a relationship. And can I tell you, we ought to be quick to forgive. I want, I want to draw your attention to another passage here in verse number um, 19. The son is thinking about what he's going to say to his father. And he said in verse 19, I am no more worthy to be called thy son. And then we get to verse 21, and he told his dad, he said, and dad, he said, I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. Well, I want to remind you this morning that none of us were ever worthy to be called the sons of God. But we didn't get into God's family because we were worthy. We got into God's family because he was good and he was gracious and he was loving and because he first loved us. Hallelujah for the forgiveness of God. But then I see not only the fortune, not only the faithfulness, the forgiveness of the Father and the forgiveness of our Heavenly Father, but I see the favor. The son comes and he says, Father, I've sinned and I'm no more worthy to be called thy son. And notice with me Luke 15, verse 22. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the old ratty robe out in the garage. Bring forth that old robe that you remember that we've been using, uh, you know, uh, uh, to work out in the field because it's torn and it's nasty and nobody else wants it. Is that what he said? No, he said, bring forth the best robe. Now, friend, I got news for you. God doesn't give his children leftovers. God doesn't give his children table scraps. God doesn't give you the stuff nobody else wants, but God gives his children the very best. And this father, he says, bring the best robe. He says, oh, and by the way, go kill the fatted calf. Now, you know what that means? That's the best we got. That's the best meal on the menu. And that is how the father of the prodigal son treated him. But can I tell you, our father gives us the best. Our father loves us and he blesses us far beyond anything we could ever deserve. He said, for this, my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. That's a very clear picture right there of salvation. You see, we were lost, but thank God we were found. We were dead, but praise God, we have been made alive in Jesus Christ. And the father rejoices and he says, my son has come home and we are going to celebrate. Verse 25, I want you to see this quickly. Now his elder son was in the field. And as he came and drew nigh to the house, he heard music and dancing and he called one of the servants. And he asked what these things meant. And he said unto him, thy brother is come. 
And thy father hath killed the fatted calf because he hath received him safe and sound. Verse 28. And he was thrilled. Is that what it says? Nope. This older brother, he was so happy. He was so relieved because his brother, they thought he was dead. They didn't know if they'd ever see him again. They didn't know if he'd ever make it home. And he came home and the older brother should have been rejoicing. The Bible says in verse 28, he was angry and he would not go in. Therefore came his father out and entreated him. Now, hang on. This story should have had a happy ending. The brother came home. The other brother rejoiced. The father rejoiced and they all lived happily ever after. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says the older brother he was upset. This isn't fair. This, the, the, your son, dad, your son, he wasted all that stuff. He made our family look bad. He's been a disgrace to the family name. And now you're just going to have a big party. And the Bible says that the son, the older son was angry and he refused to go in. Now, have you ever known somebody that not only were they upset, but they wanted you to know they were upset. So this brother, he can't put aside his anger. He can't set it aside for the sake of rejoicing for his dad even. Hey, I'm not going in. Oh, no, not me. You're not going to catch me dead in that party. I don't agree with that. I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's right. And then he goes on to tell his dad, he says, and dad, by the way, look at me. I've been the perfect son. I've never transgressed. I haven't wasted your money. I haven't done all those things. Sounds like there's two sons in this story that got problems. And friend, you may be here today. You may not be the first one, but you may be the second one. We may not be the first son in this story, but it's possible we're guilty of being the second one. You know what the second one thought? He thought he was better than the first one. He thought that he was the, the righteous one. He was the perfect one. And boy, he was so proud of all the fact of all the stuff he didn't do. Well, friend, I want to remind you, ain't none of us worthy to be called the sons of God. Amen. Whether you've been the prodigal or you've been the one that stayed home, we all, we all deserve hell. We all deserve punishment. We all deserve to be judged for our sins. But I'm glad we've got a gracious, loving, heavenly father that has seen something in us that he wanted and being willing to forgive us and give us eternal life. I see number five. I see in this story the prodigal son. I see that the other son is mad. He's upset. He's angry. He doesn't feel like it's fair. And so the father says in verse number 31, he said unto him, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. It's amazing to me that the father, verse 28, that when the son wouldn't come in, you know what the father did? He went out to him. Aren't you glad for the times when you've been in a bad mood and you've been upset? Aren't you glad that God's been patient with you? Aren't you glad that God's been long-suffering to you and God's been gracious to you? And God comes to you and God speaks to you and he'll send the Holy Spirit of God to say, hey, 
Don't act like that. Uh, don't forget what you've been forgiven. Don't forget what God's done in your life. The father loved the other son. But he says in verse 31, Son, thou art ever with me, and all that I have is thine. You know, that was true for both the sons. Both the sons had the father forever. There was nothing they could do to change the fact that they were the sons of that father. And I want to remind you this morning, friend, there's nothing you can do to change the fact that you are a child of God. If you've been saved, yes, there may be times when you get away from God. Yes, there may be times when you get out of God's will, but you've never been out of his care and you've never been out of his salvation that he has given that is eternal and everlasting. He says, son, thou art ever with me. I'm glad to tell you this morning that if you're saved, if you're a child of God, you will always be his child. Isn't it good to know that we've got salvation forever? Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week. Thank you.